Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to my podcast. My name is Lorena and this is The Pooch. Welcome to episode 27. I am struggling to breathe, to be honest. I'm here we go. I'm currently 31 weeks pregnant and I feel about 57 weeks pregnant. I know I've done this before. I know I've had a pregnancy before, but oh my gosh, it just feels a little bit intense. Um, I have no lung space and that's my biggest struggle. Uh, yeah, so that's where we are. So I'm going to be trying to cut out me puffing and puffing because that's really irritating to listen to. I don't want to hear it and I'm sure you don't want to hear it either. Um, but here we go. So before I get into the episode, I just want to share that last night was the first night ever in my mum life history that my daughter and I have slept apart. My She had a sleepover at my parents' house and she went really, really well, which is amazing. I'm so proud of her. And obviously, you know, it says a lot about how much she loves and trusts my parents, which is lovely. But it just feels like a new stage where I'm like, we can actually spend time apart. I think I struggled more than she did. I'm not going to lie. And I sound so dramatic, but it's just that from the day she came out of me, we have not been separated at night. And so, yeah, it's a very weird feeling and it sounds really dramatic. And I feel like if you've been through it before, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, If this is like long in your past and you've done this many times, you may... I don't know you may or may not relate to what I'm saying but oh my gosh it's bloody it's hard like I was saying bye to her yesterday and she just looked at me and she was like mommy I miss you already and I was like oh, don't do this to me it's not fair just just like run off and ignore me or something but she was very much like she wasn't crying or anything she was good but she was very much like I need you to know that I already miss you and I'm like okay that's that's hard anyway Seems dramatic. And I think I'm being a little bit dramatic too. So here we go. Episode 27. I wanted to talk about the things that I had assumed before becoming a mum. Because I think in dealing with all the frustrations that I've had since becoming a mum, now that I am on the other side and now that I experience things like mum shaming or struggle shaming and judgment from other people, including mums, which still blows my mind, I thought it'd be interesting to reflect on my own thoughts and my own behavior before having become a mum myself. So I just made a list of 10 things that I believed to my absolute core before becoming a mum. And a couple of those things are just things that I hadn't even realized would happen. Like it didn't even cross my mind. 
So the first and the one that I think is the funniest now that I'm on this side is that I believed to my core that you could easily train your child to listen to you, basically, to, to respect you, to do what you say, to basically follow your lead. Um, I had this idea that, you know, you could give them the look, you know, the look that we all, I think we all talk about it from when we were kids. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like that was such a, uh, in my mind, it was such an easy thing to prepare, you know, get them used to this look and then that would be enough to stop a tantrum or a meltdown. I don't, I don't know, like it could be an assumption of mine. Maybe I was right. Maybe I was right. And I just suck at it. (laughs) Or what I think is more likely is that it's actually not as as easy because when you build a kid or build a kid when you have a kid like the daughter that I have who trusts you and is comfortable enough to lose her shit and just I guess express her emotions those moments are not as easy as saying I will control what you're doing through a look I used to think that that was really easy to do and like I said maybe it's just because I suck at it but I think it's more likely to be because she is a confident human being and um, yeah there's no way a a single look can stop her from having an emotional meltdown also I now understand a bit more about tantrums and meltdowns and why they happen Um, so I think my perspective on that has changed but yeah I was totally under the impression that you could just control your kid easily the next thing that I believed, and it was ma- mostly because of the aforementioned belief that you could easily control or train your your child to listen to you, was that parents who let their kids have meltdowns in public, and you can't see me, but I'm doing inverted commas when I say let their kids, because it's like I said, I don't think you can stop it. Um, but yeah, so I believe that parents who let their kids have their, uh, have their meltdowns or tantrums in public were either really soft parents, like they were just too lenient and they needed to sort their shit out they had no idea what they were doing so they really didn't know how to control a tantrum or control a meltdown or they they just didn't give a shit about anyone else so they were just there letting it happen not even paying attention to the fact that it was having an impact on everybody around and that's why their kid was able to have a tantrum because they didn't just give them the look (laughs) and stop it from happening the next one I'm going to say now that I hear it is absolutely fucking horrible I hate it but I honestly had this thought that it was like you know if you can't manage your kid if you can't stop them from having tantrums or losing their shit every now and then then you should stay home you shouldn't be you know out and about with everybody else because it impacts everyone else in the world around you I kind of had this idea that you know again because I thought People who let their kids have tantrums or or even like newborns cry or whatever in public um, were kind of doing it because they didn't really give a shit about people or they didn't know what they were doing. And it was almost like if you until you've kind of learned to manage those situations, you shouldn't really let that impact everyone else. And it's horrible now that I think about it, because I've never before becoming a mum factored in how important For me personally, I don't know if it applies to everyone else, but how important actually getting out of the house is for my mental health. It's not just about taking my kid out into the world and them experiencing things. But if I stay cooped up at home, I will go batshit crazy. So 
even if I'm not able to completely avoid those situations happening, and they're horrible when they do, um, I feel like I have to go through those moments in order for my, firstly, in order for my daughter to learn about public life and learn about how to be around other people because while she's having an emotional meltdown and while she's struggling, she's also learning that, you know, people are not going to want us around and we can't stay in places if we're going to start screaming and, and making a big scene. Um, but the other thing is that it's just like I don't I don't want I don't need permission from the public. I don't need permission from some, you know, old me to, to be able to come out only if I and my children behave in a certain way. Like I just had this kind of sense that sort your shit out before you before you affect the rest of us because we didn't choose to have kids. You did. And anyway, so how fucking horrible is that? The next one absolutely cracks me up honestly, because now I'm learning so much. And that is that um, that a kid's personality, I used to believe, is 100% nurture. So in other words, basically, you can create the kid that you want or like build the human that you think is the most ideal human. <laughs> and I think there's a couple of things wrong with that. And first, the first thing is obviously that her personality is hers. Obviously, nurture has a lot to do with it, but there are so many things that are just naturally her that neither myself, my husband or anyone else else has instilled in her. It's just the way that she is. It's just the way that she's formed. The other thing that is ironic, really, is that I, I don't know, this is maybe a little belief system of mine that I don't really know now because I've let go of my presumptions I don't know fully what it is that I'm doing. Well, I know that I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But I also don't know the long-term impact of those things. So I feel like when you're creating a person or when you're creating a human, you kind of, you can't, you can't be 100% in control of what it is that you do and the, and the outcome that that's going to have, if that makes sense. Like it's, you know, if I'm trying to build a person that is resilient and that doesn't feel weak or, you know, or that that or, or, or a person that is able to express their emotions and is able to be honest in situations, I don't entirely know how to do that. I don't entirely know how to actually create that long term. So, you know, I feel like there are things that I'm always going to do that are going to have an impact on her, positive or negative. I'm not a parenting expert by any stretch, so I don't really know how to create a human that I think is, you know, the ideal human. And I and I have no idea what the long-term effects are of, of what it is that I do do that I think at this point in time, yep, that makes sense in terms of what I believe in, you know, when it comes to parenting my child. So I just feel like actually the nurture stuff is really fucking hard and I almost a, a bulk of her if not the majority of her personality is just her the next point also has to do with um, kids having a meltdown but it was something that I had never really considered until I lived it myself and it makes me feel so frustrated now for people who go who are going through this at the time and I also feel really, really bad for ever having kind of scrutinized people in this in this situation. So one thing I didn't realize is how, I guess, scrutinized you feel when your kid's having a meltdown in front of others, but especially people you know. So let's say you're like at a family event, uh, family get together, or, you know, there's a whole bunch of friends getting together and your kid is having a tantrum about something. I 
know and I know other people who also feel completely watched in how they respond to this situation so observed you know everyone's kind of watching like how are you going to deal with this situation and at the time it just doesn't feel like there's one right way to do things but you become super kind of careful and measured and almost almost more concerned with how your parenting is going to be judged than the outcome So you're kind of dealing with the situation more kind of based on the people that are watching you, I guess. Um, And it really doesn't matter what you do. I've realized as long as the kid is having a tantrum, as long as that tantrum is still going, then you are going to be questioned or, you know, people are going to scrutinize what you, how you're dealing with it. So, you know, because you're kind of addressing this in a bit of a public arena, I guess, The concern is that you might appear too soft or too harsh or basically too anything that is really not reflective of how you would normally react. And I know that it's so easy to say, don't worry about what people think about you. But when you're, I I feel like when you're, let's say, fresh in, not even new to to mum life or parenting life, but just, you know, you're in a, you're, you're dealing with these types of situations for the first ish time, right? So my daughter's only been having tantrums for a period of time. She hasn't had tantrums since she was born. I've been a mum for nearly three years, but I haven't dealt with with tantrums for three years. And I just feel like when I'm in those moments where she's basically losing her shit, I am almost more concerned with how am I going to be perceived in terms of my parenting? And I know I shouldn't care, and I can say this a thousand times, but it just comes too naturally basically uh, maybe you know there's that social conditioning of like you know people who've done this before know better than you and and they're kind of watching and observing and and kind of I guess judging how you deal with the situation and it's almost like you're putting on a little performance and you know the quicker the the tantrum is over um, you know but also if you show too much love you're soft if you give in just to manage because there are times when I'm on my own and yeah, I'll give in just to deal with the tantrum because I mentally can't handle the battle at this point in time. I have to be selective about when I'm willing to go into battle basically. So I'll find a way to give in or negotiate um, in a way that works for me and my daughter. And sometimes, yeah, if I was looking at it from the outside, I'd be like, you're too soft, man. Like stick to your guns, stick to your guns. I'm like, yeah, it's so easy to think that from the outside when you are well rested refreshed not dealing with tantrums every 10 minutes you know have the mental space to have thoughts and conversations and you know just not have to not have to be hearing screaming and yelling and playing tug of war basically constantly so I just feel like it's so easy when you're not in those moments to forget that they are part of a kind of constant occurrence especially when you're like in toddler stage when you're not currently living that yourself and I feel like just knowing the fact that I would have judged people before being a mum in those moments tells me that I'm being judged in those moments by other people whether they are or are not parents um, about how I deal with those situations and it's a it's really frustrating because I'd love to be able to switch off that care factor but I find it really hard Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The next one is a reflection of me having lived in fucking fantasy land before becoming a mum, I guess. Um, and that was that anytime I would see parents kind of at the park or at a cafe having a baby chino with their kid or doing basically anything with their kid where the parent's not fully engaged in the moment. So, you know, talking to the kid, playing with the kid, whatever. Um, so the example would be, you know, seeing parents at the park when they're like on their phones I would judge the shit out of them because I'd be like, this is, you know, this is the epitome of the best times in your parenting life. And here you are distracted by being on a phone call or scrolling through some social media or whatever. And I just (laughs) expected that a parent would bask in the glory of seeing their child play and want nothing more than to just stare at them lovingly. And, oh, my gosh, was I wrong? Because what I didn't realize is that this is probably their only chance to zone the fuck out a little bit and have a few minutes to themselves while the kid is happy, safe, because they're still being monitored. I mean, obviously, I'm not talking about people who are off, you know, not even facing the kids and completely distracted and whether or not the kid's safe, they're not even concerned. I'm literally just talking about someone who's sitting there nearby on the phone or doing some reading a book even or doing something that is not staring lovingly at their child while the kid plays but also just let like I'm telling my old self here just let the kid be like kids don't need parents all the time I now that I'm a mum my daughter actually like she's an only child at this point not for long but she wants to play with me all the time and firstly this is a horrible thing to admit but I really struggle with that and I know I'm not the only one I struggle with playing for long periods of time because I'm playing games that are not interesting to me you know obviously I'm not I just don't want to sit and have a picnic for three hours she does with you know picnic toys and I love that and it's great that she is engaged in that but I am an adult and those things are not completely interesting to me this is not something new this is not like wow newscast adults don't like playing with kids toys But, you know, also I feel like I want her to be able to just be her, do her thing 
whether it's with her like other kids her peers or just on her own and just let her be and I had this concept when before I became a mum that you know that would be abandoning the kid as opposed to just letting them do their thing so you know what what is what used to be to me like a bit of like you are neglecting your kid now I'm like oh my god you're having a chance to zone out and refresh and recharge but so is the kid like and that's that's a win-win for everyone and some parents who are absolutely amazing in my eyes go to the park all the time I didn't think about that before I used to be like oh these are one-off you know opportunities and you you're ignoring your child and you're looking at your phone no some some of these parents are at the park all the time if you do that you are amazing. I really struggle because I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's a bit of laziness, to be honest. Also, it's probably a little bit of a reflection of my ADHD. I get bored really quickly and I just want to change the activity. But once we're at the park, she wants to stay there for a while. So anyway, that's me. But I'm just saying, go you if you take your kids to the park all the time. I definitely can't do it. And if you sit there and make a phone call to a friend or read a book or scroll through your phone, good on you because you deserve a chance to zone out. The next thing I totally kind of judged before becoming a mum and something that I'm still going to struggle with, I know, is that basically the concept that any parent who stood up to a teacher on behalf of their child was enabling bad behaviour. Now I'm in two minds. I'm not saying I'm completely wrong. I was completely wrong about that because I have seen situations when, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, my my peers would muck up and you know big time break school rules or do something that was really fucking dangerous or whatever and I've seen situations where the parents basically blow up at the school and go you won't you know you won't implement detention or you won't do whatever it is that you feel is right but I've also seen the opposite where the parent you know obviously just goes along with what the school says and the kid suffers the consequences of their behavior The reason I'm in two minds now is because I just feel like, okay, and and maybe I'm a bit, uh, I'm not really in a position to speak fairly on this topic because my daughter's just in childcare. But the truth is that I personally, and, and I'm a very, very emotional person anyway, I'm super sensitive. So that might, that might factor in here, but I struggle with any like absolutely any feedback that's even remotely in the land of implying that she can have her difficult moments um if it's not from my family like my family who know her really well obviously my husband my parents my sister they know her really well and I am fine like I don't feel upset when they say you know she was a bit difficult today but we dealt with it whatever but when it comes from like someone who is not as close to her I do I'm not gonna lie like I really really struggle because I have to fight the fuck out of my instincts to basically stop myself from saying you don't understand her like I do you just don't you just don't know her the reason she is doing these things or the reason she has become this way in this situation is because you didn't understand her or because you know you just don't know the full picture or you not you don't know the full situation she's very this or she's very that and you know she was set up she was put up in a situation where of course she was going to lose her shit because she is a person that likes things a certain way and some other kid came and didn't give a shit about that and now she's the one that's being you know dealt with as being difficult whatever it is but and I, it's funny even hearing myself say it I'm just like shut up Lorena this is stupid 
But it's my like my need to kind of go, I will only accept what is 100% fair feedback. And I, and I know I have to calculate very carefully um, how I deal with these situations. And I'm, I'm literally here just talking about childcare. I get very good feedback. She's a good kid. She just, she has a strong character. She gets, you know, she gets stroppy about things sometimes. She is very particular about how she likes things. You know, she she's not a kid who like loves to jump around and play with the other kids all the time. Sometimes she prefers to be on her own doing her own thing super focused and so she cracks it at other kids basically for for getting in her way if they come over try and do a puzzle with her whatever she doesn't like it anyway point to my story is that I'm actually petrified about the future when she does go to big school and when she you know when she's able to clearly speak her mind or you know yeah basically tell people where to shove it including potentially teachers which really scares me because I was a I was a massive rule follower as a kid I was very scared of getting in trouble um, but now as a mom, I just feel like, well, actually there's, there are sometimes, sometimes there are two sides, parents who stick up, you know, for their kid, you know, towards the school or towards a teacher are not necessarily always enabling bad behavior because sometimes they can be wrong. Sometimes, you know, it is about understanding the kid better. And maybe I'm just making excuses because like I said, I fight my instincts every time I hear something like remotely negative. I fight my instincts basically to say it's just this all happened because you don't know her and you don't understand her like I do. Terrible, terrible. Anyway, the next one is a problem that I'm also trying to manage and that is that I never realized how much I would get a thrill out of buying things for my daughter. So basically, in other words, I could spoil the shit out of her and do it gladly if I didn't think about Oh, I'm constantly like thinking about is how, how am I going to form her personality because I could easily create my daughter into being someone who just at the click of a finger goes I want that I want that I want that and it just gives me such a thrill to give it to her so I, I I'm always pulling myself back from buying things for her or from giving her things that make her happy because I know first of all you know I I just love seeing her light up and often she'll get over shit in five seconds and it's almost like the more the more she gets the quicker she gets over stuff which makes total sense to me um but for me it's a big challenge because I love I just love giving her stuff and it's a weird thing because again before becoming a mom I would have been like you are just weak like you're weak you just want to spoil your kid and you're just creating a really spoiled brat of a human being now I get I kind of get it because I just I get a massive thrill out of giving her stuff so anyway a big challenge for me if you've been listening to all of my episodes you will know this next point about me um, and it's it's a characteristic of mine that tends to flow into like different areas of my life so I tend to have I hate to admit this, but I tend to have a cocky attitude to things that I know very little about. And the more like I'm learning this about myself more, the more I experience life, really. Um, If you if you listened to my birth story, um, I was super cocky about childbirth. I heard all of the kind of worst case scenarios and I was like, that's for weak people. Like, like I'm not going to go through those. I'm not going to go and have a bloody cesarean, which is exactly what I ended up having. Um, I'm not going to have any pain medication. I am under the, like I was totally under the impression that it was going to be 
simple and easy and straightforward and people you know are just dramatic when they complain about childbirth and you know all all that shit um now I know very different (laughs) and anyway so you can hear all about my cockiness in my birthing story on another episode if you're interested but I was equally as cocky I think about parenting and this is kind of specifically about when I saw parents losing their cool or becoming overwhelmed so like you would see a kid having a tantrum at the shops and here I am back at the shop tantrums but I would expect not only for you to be able to deal with it with just giving them the look but also keep your cool stay calm stay collected because this should be easy because you've been smart enough to set it all up in a way that I'm just laughing just hearing myself say out loud the shit that I honestly believed so when I would see parents losing their cool or become overwhelmed in any situation, I'd be like, you, my friend, suck at this. Watch me. I will do so much better. And I'll tell you right now, I am the queen of becoming overwhelmed. Um, I can appear cool for a moment. And this is, I think it's a coping strategy to just, you know, not let my body really express how I'm feeling. So I can, I can appear Um, completely cool in the moment when my daughter is having a meltdown but there will always be a point where I snap and that is usually me ending up in tears becoming completely overwhelmed and I'm not just here talking about tantrums this is like from right back from when she was a newborn and she'd be crying and I didn't know what was going on and I you know I just had this concept that I'd be calm and be able to manage those things and I would never lose my cool or become overwhelmed because it's something that I'm I'd just naturally be good at and it's such a joke. So yeah, cocky little old me is learning every day that um yeah, people people adults lose their cool, parents lose their cool. Um it's because I, I remember like many times I'd see a kid having a meltdown at the shops and one of the parents would be like, That's enough, I've had like they'd blow up at the child. And I would be like, bro, calm down, like pull your shit together, you know, calm the fuck down. This is not, this is just, you just, you've just lost everyone's respect around you. And now I'm just like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Anyway, terrible, terrible, judgy, judgy, cocky Lorena. And I guess the last thing that I want to share, I've shared, I think 10 things, um, is that before becoming a mum, I never, ever considered for a second the impact that having a child would have on my identity. And in fact, to be honest with you, I think if I had heard about, like let's say I was listening to this podcast before having a kid or I'd heard about it before having a kid, I think I would have decided that the person who had an identity struggle was weak and didn't know who they were in the first place Um, because I didn't understand everything that comes into play when you become a mum. Because it's not just about the kid, it's it's about you as well. And it's about your whole life changing and the way you interact with the world around you change. I never put, you know, I never put into thought what actually creates your identity in the first place and then how this can tear it down and mash it up like a potato and then you're trying to build it back up into something that makes sense. So something I had no clue about. Anyway, so here were 10 things that I wrongfully assumed or had no idea about before I became a mum I've probably got thousands more and um, yeah happy to make another list (laughs) anyway as usual I'm here to remind you to trust your gut be kind to your pooch have an awesome day and I'll see you on the next episode bye 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.